Hello and welcome to the MIT Press Journals podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gondek, and today I'll be talking to Amy Brand and Vila Starr about the new MIT Press Journal, Rapid Reviews, COVID-19, a collaborative project between the MIT Press Journals, the University of California, Berkeley, and the Patrick J. McGovern Foundation. Amy Brand is the director of the MIT Press. Vila Starr is a technologist, entrepreneur, and philanthropist with a deep conviction that technology can be a force for good. He serves as a trustee of the Patrick J. McGovern Foundation. Stay tuned after the interview for more information about the show. Amy Brandon, Vela Starr, thanks for taking time to talk to the MIT Press Journal's podcast today. Good morning. Can you explain what the mission of Rapid Review's COVID-19 is to the listeners? Sure thing. So Rapid Review's COVID-19, or RRC-19, um, is what we call an overlay journal. So it's providing peer review, sort of a form of quality control over more openly published, rapidly published content, typically on, on preprint servers. So for people that aren't aware, what is a preprint server? A preprint server um, is a, a digital server for content that has not, you know, emerging from the research world that has not been formally peer reviewed or published. And um, it gained currency and is used across a range of fields, starting in physics, now in biology and medicine, moving on to other fields, economics, et cetera, as a way to accelerate um, the transmission and publication of, of scholarship and research. So is it fair to say that given the unique crisis of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, that there's been kind of an onslaught of these preprint reviews out there and the question is, well, what, you know, what's the good stuff and what's the bad stuff? Exactly. I mean, this is, this is a um, global crisis of unprecedented proportions. And it's, in some sense, it's wonderful that researchers around the world are, are rising to the, to the occasion to conduct um, research on all aspects of the pandemic and get it out there as quickly as possible. The problem is um, the lack of filters and the lack of media and public understanding about the difference between peer-reviewed and unpeer-reviewed content. So, Vilas, what was it about this project that caught the eye of the McGovern Foundation? Yeah, so to build off of what Amy just shared, as we as a philanthropic institution went out to understand and really began to see the scope and scale of the COVID crisis that was approaching we went out to understand the scientific landscape and we quickly ran into two significant problems. As we looked to the established journals and the places we might look for kind of linear and deep scientific thought, we realized they weren't responsive and quick enough to get us peer reviewed information quickly enough for us to be able to act on it. Now, on the other hand, as we looked to the preprint servers, we realized there was an incredible wealth of early data that would help us and figure out where we should play in terms of le leveraging philanthropic bets. But we had no way to assess what on those servers was truly credible science that had gone through the right and rigorous process. So with that kind of problem space in front of us, we were introduced to the MIT Press and the work of the Rapid Reviews Overlay Journal, which in many ways kind of solved that problem for us, giving us a mechanism and a way to quickly evaluate preprints through a process of rapid reviews and get to the kind of certainty that let us then go out and seek policy and scientific interventions around COVID. 
So when we talk about uh, this onslaught of preprints uh, and we talk about the rapid reviewing, it, as I was going through the materials about uh, our, our COVID-19, it seemed that there's kind of two parts to it. There is the human side of the volunteers that we're going to be talking about, but there's also um, an AI system that's been developed to help with the reviewing. Could you talk a little bit about this system and what is it designed to do? You know, our, our editorial partner in this is University of California, Berkeley, and their um, program in global health through the School of Public Health. Um, and uh, another group at Berkeley had developed a tool called COVID Scholar, which uses AI or natural language processing to scan um, all the emerging literature. And what it does is it helps the editors target potentially high impact uh, papers in the preprint repositories. Um, or, or other items that, you know, we, we would like to select to review. So it helps with the curation process. Um, by using AI, we can, we can accelerate that curation process. Um, one of the things I think is, are we talking simply about scientific papers? I, I got a sense that the, the, the remit for this project is primarily scientific or what we consider the hard sciences, but not exclusively the hard sciences. One of the reasons we're really interested in this work is this particular project gives us a way of addressing the specific COVID issues we've talked about, but there's a broader interest here in rethinking how academic publishing happens. So combined both with the use of technology to look at a much broader top of the funnel in terms of the kinds of work that's being done, and to see if this model can be validated and step across not just scientific disciplines, but all of the disciplines of learning. We'd love to see rapid reviews and highly curated in real time scientific collaboration happening across both the hard sciences and the natural sciences and really create a new disruption in the way that kind of intellectual advances happen in, in the fields of inquiry. So we talked a little bit about the AI system to kind of filter the initial filter, but what do the human volunteers do? What is, what's their job in this project? Uh, you know, stepping back kind of a, a larger part of the vision around transforming publishing is, is how do we align with, scientific and scholarly publishers do with how research is actually happening in the field or in the lab. Um, and, you know, as we've said, one of the ways in which traditional publishing has been out of sync and, and, and our understanding of that has been accelerated by the pandemic um, is that it needs to happen much more quickly. Um, and so we need to adjust our processes for that. But another way in which, you know, we feel like we can help democratize um, science publishing is by, spreading the responsibility out from the traditional, okay, there's this, you know, closed group of, of you know, tenured professors who are selecting papers um, to be much more inclusive of uh, graduate students and others. And so one of the elements of this project is, is involving graduate students with expertise in the particular subdomains around COVID research in helping with that curation and review process. Now, people who've listened to us talk about the MIT Press Journals before, particularly, Amy, this is the first time you, that you and I talked, but probably wouldn't be surprised that Rapid Reviews COVID-19 will be using the PubPub Open Access System that was developed uh, at MIT. I, I think you might have kind of alluded to the reasons why in that last answer, but could you be more explicit? What is it about open access that's going to work particularly well for a project like Rapid Reviews? You know, I, I would say that open access should be the default model for the majority of scholarly and scientific publishing. Um, but in this particular case, we're, we're going for as much um, transparency and openness in, in pos as possible in terms of, 
you know, the content of the, of the reviews. Traditionally, when you think about peer review, you think about it as kind of a closed or blind process. Um, these reviews are being made open and considered to be published objects in and of themselves. And so, you know, really open is the, is the only way to realize our vision behind this project. Vilas, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Again, as a, as a consumer and a user of these journals, there's a fundamental shift described in what Amy just talked about, that we now no longer are relying on a kind of anonymous editorial board, but we get to see the peer critique, not just in a yes or a no fashion, but really to understand the arguments in the areas for inquiry. And as somebody who's trying to drive policy decisions based on it, it's incredibly valuable to have that level of transparency. So I do want to underscore that. You know, we're recording this in early August, and in, in terms of speed, this project isn't particularly old. Uh, I think the original announcement happened in June of this year. So we're talking on August 4th. Where is the project at right now? Um, so there's a website, and we have um, our initial publication of, um, I think it's 18 reviews slated to go um, up on the site next week. So we, you know, we've announced it, we've socialized it, there's information on the website, we've started to put together the editorial board, but the initial reviews are just days away from being published. And I'm guessing that we should think of this as an ongoing project, so it's not like there's going to be, in a like say in a traditional academic journal, a quarterly publishing date. I mean, it would be something, as, as new information comes in, it'll be posted, so it's kind of an ongoing rolling, I would say, uh, release of information to the public. Is that accurate? Um, that is correct. And, and, and that model of, you know, in the digital space, no longer conforming to issues of journals is, is pretty common these days, but, but certainly for um, rapid reviews, um, it will just be rolling based on, um, you know, when we receive at least two reviews on, on any given paper that we've selected to curate, then we'll go live. So for people who want to access this information, is there a URL? It is rapidreviewscovid19.mitpress.mit.edu. Now, if there are people out there that think that they can help volunteer people, the graduate students who may not have been contacted initially, people who have, feel they have expertise that could help this project, is the project still accepting volunteers? And if so, do you know how they could get involved? Yes, if you go to the website, um, if you're interested in contributing and being involved, there's a contact us link. Amy Brandon Villastar, thanks so much for taking time to talk to the MIT Press Journal's podcast today. Thank, Thank you, you very much. For more information about this and other titles, please visit our website at www.mitpressjournals.org. And don't forget, you can find the MIT Press on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MIT Press Journal's podcast. Copyright 2020, the MIT Press, all rights reserved.